for that carrier update. We'll talk to you coming up in a little bit. Right now, we're going to welcome on Thomas Wasson, head of Loaded and Rolling here at Freight Waves. Thomas, today we are talking about the place where you get loaded and you start rolling the warehouse. The warehouse, bane of my existence and blood pressure. Yes, I uh, had on the show on Tuesday. Uh, of course, you can catch it on uh, tv.freeways.com. But uh, Mr. Joel Oliero, VP of Sales and Chief Real Estate Officer at Wagner Logistics. It was really cool to get some insight because a lot of times you talk to 3PLs, but then sometimes 3PLs also have warehousing. Now you're thinking to yourself, well, this is going to be a really cool guest because a lot of folks don't talk about what goes into having one. Where should you put it? It's kind of like Monopoly, you know. Uh, you want to put it on like Park Place? You want to put it where you can only <laughs> not get as many people to land on it. Warehousing is the same thing. Fascinating conversation with him about that. Well, you know, when we're talking about the warehouse space and occupancy rate, uh, we're talking about 95% in terms of like warehouse utilization. It is really hard to find warehouse space right now. So that's step one. Well, the problem is because the materials, laborers, and other, you know, ongoing issues, it can be really hard to expand. The warehousing. So, you know, you're thinking to yourself, we'll just build more. Well, my friends, have you ever tried building more in Los Angeles? Have you tried getting the zoning permits for a warehouse? I haven't, but I've already been on enough phone with drivers to know that when you do try to fit a truck in downtown LA into a warehouse, it's really, really difficult. You know, space constraints, similar to parts of the East Coast in New Jersey, for instance. And so, you know, it's a lot, it's, it's very deceptively simple but just like a warehouse, it can be multiple layers and pretty complicated because if you do it wrong and you decide that, well, I need to buy one, and then two years later, Thomas's new warehouse has been built, well, now it's actually underwater because the balance of warehouse supply and demand has yet again shifted, and you're not getting the rent to even pay for the difference. And Thomas, I mean, going to your first point, that placement of where do I place this warehouse in the first place? Of course, throughout the pandemic, there was a lot of speculation about getting closer to the population center so you can get some of those goods to those consumers, things like that. But really long-term, are we seeing potential placements, you know, coming from cities to more the Midwest? Correct. Onshoring. And it's, the reason is, is because there just happens to be a lot more land. I live in Tennessee. We can drive about uh, where I grew up in Cleveland, 30 miles up the road. You can drive 10 minutes down the road and you come, you fight against chicken farms for Uh, you know, real estate space. It's wide open spaces, as the Dixie Chicks would say. Well, and when we're looking at placing warehouses, we're thinking of parts of uh, the middle of the country near where the Mississippi uh, River is. We're looking at like Minnesota, parts of Nebraska, anywhere in the central parts of the country. There's going to be prime uh, real estate because there just simply is real estate. Now, you would think that parts of Los Angeles, uh, Dallas, Houston, Atlanta, Miami, Large metros would be prime candidates, but those places already have well-defined zoning. It's like when you play the game SimCity. There's only so many places you can place industrial before the nimbyism, not in my backyard for those unaware, will start picketing, and now you're no longer a city councilman who can place SimCity on your brakes. It's a similar dilemma. So that's why we're going to see places near the middle of the country, in addition to onshoring. Some say nearshoring, some say onshoring. What we will see is the supply chain, like parts of Kansas City and such, will grow in more prominence because we're going to see additional north-south or south-to-north movements as, you know, manufacturers are wanting to move a little bit closer. COVID kind of proved that 
I don't want to wait for my container. Why not put it on a train or a truck? For those of you hanging out in Laredo and El Paso near the boarding crossings or Far Texas, P-H-A-R, by the way, kind of get a little bit more busy. So that's the other really good point that I'm glad you brought up, Tom, up, Thomas, is the impact that a changing warehouse landscape has both on the intermodal side as well as on truckload. Because when you add more warehouses to those center parts of the country that aren't necessarily as active, then you essentially ramp up the freight hub. What does it look like for trucking when you talk about now bringing more warehousing to these more rural areas? And even in terms of jobs and in infrastructure? Definitely in trucking, it's three major things. One, if you're a large acid-based carrier that I talk to, the first thing you do is you run away from being a pure play trucking. Look at J.B. Hunt, look at uh, Schneider, look at some of these large carriers. J.B. Hunt has a huge intermodal presence, and for a very good reason. It makes money. So the first thing you're going to think of is, well, where are all the warehousing? That's also where you probably want to get a railhead set up. Another fascinating thing is that for Finding the real estate for that, you actually have to go through a lot more steps to make it compatible with intermodal. Who would have thought? So that's the first step. Secondly, you're going to be adjusting your bids and your RFPs. You understand now that, you know, large lanes and volume lanes are migrating from your traditional coastal zones like your L.A.s to Dallas or your Chicago to Atlanta. The Holy Trinity may turn into a quadrilateral, folks. It used to be anybody with a half a brain cell could run from Chicago, Dallas, and Atlanta and stay profitable enough to make fun of me on Twitter. But now it may be something like a Kansas City added to the mix, or maybe uh, Minneapolis, or maybe, uh, you know, uh, let's look at Omaha, for instance. There's a lot of new places that are going to be vying for volume changes. And if you are caught unprepared, you could run into a situation where your network, which is the collection and aggregate of lanes that you run that are preferably contracted, could change without you noticing. And then now you're stuck for a few months before you hastily rebid your lanes to show this new change. Also driver hiring, driver domiciles, uh, which is basically where do you live? Texas, Georgia, the Carolinas, Ohio, parts of the country are hotbeds for drivers, even California, though some may say not. Uh, you know, how are we going to hire drivers in areas where we need more demand? So there's all these little trickle down effects that are going to be needing to be taken account of. But the fascinating part is, instead of the edges, we're moving inward. Excellent take there, Thomas. And when people want to get more loaded and rolling, more of your insights, how can you do that and where can they find you? Definitely. We have the newsletter coming out today at 2 p.m. Eastern once a week. And check that out, freightwaves.com slash loaded and rolling. It'll be on the website as well if you hate email, so I won't be offended too much. But subscribe anyway. Click on it. Do your civic duty. Secondly, we also have the live show every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern. And we do it live, quite literally. Uh, had a mic go out last week, and our excellent audio engineering team managed to uh, do the equivalent of a NASCAR pit stop live on air and give me a whole new setup. So always an entertaining show, great guests. You never know what you're going to get, so keep an eye out. Also, speaking of never know what you're going to get, rumor has it you were on SiriusXM this week, right, with Gray Sharkey? I was. I had some great rants saved up. It was on Wednesday instead of Tuesday, so I had one extra day to get myself up. You can check that out on Freightway. I'm the Freightwaves Drive Time Show on SiriusXM Channel 146, Mondays through Fridays, 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern. And if you miss it, it goes back on at 11 p.m. I sometimes host as well, so you may get to hear my voice for more than 10 minutes. Awesome, Thomas. Looking forward to that newsletter. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Always a pleasure. All right, we're going to take another quick break, and we'll be back with more Freightwaves now. Don't go away. 